All right. No, it's okay, Big Jim. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll wait for you, Big Jim. That's okay. Well. Thank you uh, for being here today. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us, especially, I mean, obviously in person here and then those who are online. I really appreciate your faithfulness in uh, continuing to be a part of what God's doing uh, here at Life Church Utah. Um, shameless plug again for the coffee shop. Very good coffee. So uh, very, very happy about that. Mmm. French vanilla, right there, baby, right there. <laughs> now, I would just, just in my defense, because uh, I feel like I feel the need to defend, uh, defend myself at this moment. Our coffee shop's not open during the week. If it was open during the week, no, anyway, okay. <laughs> so Christmas, uh, how many of you are Christmas fans? Good. How many of you are Bah Humbug? Anybody Bah Humbug here? <laughs> got one, one brave soul. Uh, there was a season back a number of years ago that I was Bah Humbug a little bit. Our church in, uh, in Illinois that I was a part of as the campus pastor, one year I banned red and green <laughs> for Christmas. How's that for Bah Humbug? That's very exciting. So anyway, it is a unique time of the year, and I am actually very much looking forward to Christmas this year. And uh, certainly in this year of uncertainty, uh, we need the certainty of God's peace uh, over us, right? Because the scenes that we have uh, been uh, kind of uh, seeing around us are scenes like this one. Uh, I've got a picture here, right? This is happening in the United States, uh, and the struggles uh, that, that we see around us are very real. The next slide, uh, this is, uh, I believe this is a mask mandate uh, uh, protest, I think is what that one is. And so we have protests and we've got the uncertainty of mask, not mask. We've got all of these things that are around us. And then on top of it, we've got this picture here, uh, which we're all familiar with, right? Uh, how is all of this going to end up? And uh, real quick, if you voted for Trump, stand, no, okay, don't do that. Um, <laughs> it's a quick way to cause disunity, right, anywhere. Um, and, and so we, we have all of this that we are working through as a people group in the United States of America, and we are deeply impacted by what's happened to us. But it's not only the United States, but it's our entire world. I was reading stories yesterday in Paris and the upheaval that's uh, going on there, all because of renewed restrictions and things like that, and people are very upset. You know, so you've, you've got all of this, and wherever you fall when it comes to COVID-19, whether it's a conspiracy or whether this is the worst thing that's ever happened to the universe, wherever, wherever you fall on this, it has changed us. Uh, and I know I've mentioned this before, but when we walk through the stores, there's suspicion. Right? You see, so I saw somebody the other day, uh, I was at, um, at Costco, and I saw somebody the other day, they were you know, wearing the mask, but it was a mesh mask. <laughs> like, really? Don't think that does anything. But anyway, um, you know, and so you've got that, and, and, and honestly, it was so strange. I mean, okay, a moment of total transparency. I, I don't like wearing the mask. I think we all, I mean, I don't think anybody loves wearing it, right? But I'm looking at this guy going, dude. That is not the right kind of mask to wear, right? Okay, have all this stuff, even if I like whatever, okay? It's just the weirdness of the world uh, in which we are in. And the church is not unaffected by this, right? I mean, you can look around and realize that the church is deeply affected by this. 
38 weeks ago is when all of this started. I don't know if you realize that. 38 weeks ago. Uh, roughly the time it takes to have a child. <laughs> anyway, but okay, sorry. Um, maybe God is up to something, right? Stats point to the reality that 65 to 70% of people that attended church prior to the pandemic have not come back. That's a huge number. And by the way, that's not, not just like Life Church, it's not just the Salt Lake Valley, it is worldwide. So, what does that say about the church? What does it say about followers of Christ? What is it? You know, you can start reading into all of those things and wonder, you know, who's going to come back? When are they going to come back? And there are some folks who've made the conscious decision based on what we see around us and stuff go, you know what? To be safe, I am staying home. God bless you, <laughs> right? Stay home. Please be safe. Be, do what you feel like you need to do. But there are others who have taken it as, as a time where faith has become unimportant to them. And they've stepped away from the faith. It's not unique to us at Life Church. It's not an accusation either. It's a reality. It's where we are in the world today. So things have changed. We sense it. Uh, if you read the news, you see news of uh, revolution and civil war, right? I mean, there, there are those stats that are out there, and you can look at that and you go, okay, what is going on in the world around us? Some seek to instill fear that this will never end. An election that drags on uh, with all the uncertainty. In our society and in the world, it's a very unique time. So what about the church? And what about Christmas? <laughs> right? So uh, for Christmas, uh, one of the words and one of the names that we have is this name, Emmanuel. The name Emmanuel means God with us. And this harkens back to Isaiah and the prophetic utterance given, uh, given by Isaiah and uh, that Matthew talks directly about. And this, this whole idea of Emmanuel, God with us. So if we go way back into the history of Israel, and uh, next week um, we're going to be, uh, well, we, we'll be working through this whole idea of God with us over the next three weeks here leading up to Christmas. Uh, but if you go to the Old Testament, God is often declaring, I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you. And often it, it has uh, this other line in there, uh, do not fear, I will be with you. So it, it says that a bunch of times in the Old Testament. But then we get to this moment in Isaiah where he says, God with us. And it kind of flips the script a little bit. The Old Testament, um, well, so the, the idea that um, when God says, I will be with you, that is God's declaration to us. But when it's flipped, and now it says, God with us, this is our declaration to God that we receive him, that, that we recognize his presence with us. So this is our declaration to God about his promise. It's our declaration that we receive this promise of God. So turn in your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 1. And uh, we're going to be digging in uh, to a little bit of the story uh, here in the next uh, 15 minutes or so. Uh, so the Roman Empire, where the story kind of picks up in, the, in Luke chapter 1, the Roman Empire is in its ascendancy. It has full power, total control, totalitarian, whatever the emperor wants, he gets. Uh, 
This guy's name is Augustus Caesar. This is like the guy. This is the one who has kind of set the platform. And it's uh, really the most, one of the most powerful times for the Roman Empire is right now in history at about 4 BC. Just before the time in 4 BC, all the currency had been centralized in the Roman Empire. So they had complete and total control over the banking system, over everything. All of society was beholden to the Roman Empire. For those who were in power, life was pretty certain. For those who were not in power, for all of the conquered people, life was filled with uncertainty. Nobody knew what tomorrow held. It feels a lot like today. Right? We don't know what tomorrow is going to hold for us. There was revolution in the air, especially for those of Israel. You see, Israel had been conquered for uh, several hundred years at this point, not only by the Roman Empire, but before that, the Babylonian Empire. And this, you know, they, they were always in the season and they were hungry for a king to come along, they felt that was promised to them that was going to free them from all of these conquering nations. Uh, so where is God in all of this? For the nation of Israel at that time, where is God in all of this? And so for me, this whole idea of Emmanuel, God with us, I'm going to put like a big, uh, really, question mark right after that. God, really, are you with us? Because I feel like that's a question that has been asked in our hearts at times in the middle of this. Have you ever, have you asked that question in the last uh, 38 weeks? God, are you really with us in this? Do you really know what's going on? There's this young teenager who is at home. Uh, she was perhaps 12 or 13 years of age, which in her time was a marriageable age. Um, she was from a home that was obviously devout in uh, Jewish faith from some of the things that she says here in just a little bit. And uh, we can realize that she was brought up understanding the stories of the Old Testament, knowing that God would do miraculous things, knowing that God could insert himself into the world whenever he chose to. Uh, her family had worked through the negotiations of marriage. Uh, so there was an engagement that had already taken place. And uh, she lived in a town called Nazareth. And when you think the word Nazareth, when you think the town, think small town, a town of about 300 to 400 people. That was it. That's the size of Nazareth. And in a town like that, everybody knows everybody's business. Anybody grow up in a really small town? Right? Everybody knows everybody's business. And if you're a teenager, your parents know about you before you have a chance to tell them because everybody's already heard the story about you, right? Uh, so it was to her in these uncertain circumstances in an uncertain time that the unexpected happened. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, uh, quick aside, Elizabeth was married to Zechariah. Zechariah was a priest and God had spoken to Zechariah that his wife, who was very old, they had no children, that his wife was going to become pregnant. Um, and eventually this child that would be born, his name would be John, and we would know him in the Bible as John the Baptist, uh, was a relative of this young girl that we're talking about this morning. Uh, so this angel, uh, the, the story goes on, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph a descendant of David. 
And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, greetings, favored one. Remember this phrase, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled by his words. Because where's God been in all of this, right? Uh, And began to wonder about the meaning of this greeting. So the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Listen, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, "Uh, there's one problem. How will this be uh, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Hold on to that word, overshadow. Therefore, the child to be born uh, will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. And look, your relative Elizabeth has also become pregnant with a son in her old age. Although she was called barren, she is now in her sixth month. So Elizabeth... And Mary both represent something that is so necessary, that was so missed, I think, in the nation of Israel. And I think for us, also becomes a picture, is that there's a partnership that happens between God and his people. Something happens when we we make that choice to say, God, we want to identify with you. That's what communion is all about, right? We just celebrated that earlier, this identification with Christ. You see, Israel is estranged from God under alien rule, oppressed God's covenant with his people has not been fully realized, so God is intervening in human history to bring forth an everlasting kingdom. In doing so, he solicits and embraces the partnership of Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary, themselves Israelites and representatives of of their own way uh, of the people of Israel. So God is looking for people that are willing to respond to him. God with us? (laughs) Really? So this phrase overshadow, I think, is really powerful. Um, There's three parts to it that that we see in the word, because I think sometimes we wonder, how did all of this happen uh, with Mary, right? Because uh, there are some narratives out there uh, that are are told that there is a physical union between Mary and God somehow, but that's not at all what's revealed. And I think what we see here in this word overshadow. So I want to unpack this just really quickly here before we get to the end of the message. So the word overshadow really has three quick meanings here. Number one is presence, protection, and revelation. Presence, protection, and revelation. Uh, What we see is God's presence in Exodus chapter 40. uh, There's this phrase here. It says that the cloud covered or overshadowed the tent of meeting when they had uh, blessed and anointed the tent of meeting that Moses, uh, Moses and the nation of Israel had built. And then God's presence so overshadows that place that the priests could not perform the duties that they were supposed to do because God's presence was so heavy in that place. And so overshadow represents God's presence. Also in the Old Testament in um, Psalm 91.1, we see that same phrase. Psalms 91.1 says, uh, as for you, the one who lives in the shelter of the sovereign one and resides in the protective shadow of the mighty king or the one who is overshadowed by the mighty king. So we see protection. And then we also see this word uh, used later on in, um, in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. 
Uh, this is at the Mount of Transfiguration when, when we see Jesus in his full glory. Um, it says, while he was still speaking, this is Peter, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And so then God spoke and said, this is my beloved son. So this is idea of revelation. So nowhere in the story, uh, in the book of Luke, nowhere in the story do we, so, do we see coercion, do we see force, do we see physical interaction? Nowhere in there do we see that. What we see is God's presence somehow, some way, doing the miraculous, uh, um, the, the miraculous uh, uh, child, Jesus, who was to be born. I don't fully understand. Anybody fully understand how that works? <laughs> I don't fully grasp it. I don't fully know all of it. But what I see is God's presence overshadowing in presence, in protection, and revelation over Mary. So what does this have to do with us? Uh, this happened a long time ago, and so really quickly here. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 37. So when, um, when Mary was uh, still receiving from Gabriel everything that was going to happen, uh, you know, right after it says that, you know, um, Elizabeth is now six months pregnant, uh, Gabriel has this phrase, which I love. It. He says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. Nothing will be impossible with God. Uh, in our current reality, we recognize that what Gabriel said back then, specifically of Elizabeth, I think can be taken much broader than just uh, the, the fact that John the Baptist is six months old inside the womb of his mother, right? That God... With him, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. In our current reality, when we're asking God, God, are you with us, really? This is our declaration to our culture, to the pandemic, to fear, to isolation, to disassociation, right? That nothing is impossible with God because God is with us. Here's a question for you. What is your impossible situation what is the thing that you look at right now and you say, God, this is impossible. I don't see any way forward. I don't see any way that you're going to heal this marriage. I don't see any way that you're going to bring my son or daughter back. I've been praying for them for years and they haven't come back. And God, this seems so impossible for me right now. What is the impossible? Maybe there's something at work that seems so impossible. Maybe there's something internal to you and like a, um, a habitual sin that you have tried over and over and over again to rid of in your life. <laughs> and you say, God, this is impossible. That phrase echoes to us today. For with God, nothing is impossible. So think about that. Hold on to that. And then in, in verse 38, Mary's response to what Gabriel is saying, to what God is asking of Mary, this is what happens here. So Mary said, yes, I am a servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me according to your word. Yes. And I love this picture here again, uh, really in particular of Mary, this, this, this picture of participation. 
where God, again, is not coercing, God is not forcing, God is looking for someone who's going to say, yes, God, whatever you want in my life, I'm willing to give you everything. Didn't we sing about it just a little while ago? God, everything I give to you. And this is what Mary is saying back to God. Mary, or God, yes, be it to me, as you have said, I am willing, I am able, I am open. God, do with me what you want. So the question is, where do I need to say yes? Here's my impossible situation, God. (laughs) And then also, God, where do I need to say yes to you where previously I have said no? Perhaps over and over and over again. I think back to me when I was, uh, you know, early, early teen years uh, where going to church, but it really didn't matter. And I can look and, and I can see areas where I said no, 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 no. No, until I was about age of 17 when finally God got a hold of my heart and finally said yes. So what have you said no to God? Where have you said no to him that right now God's looking for a yes? I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet and invite the worship team to come on up as well. So God with us? Really? Right? I mean, we feel this in this world around us, but I think just like Mary, the same, uh, same idea is something that we can hold on to because uh, those same promises that were spoken to Mary and then Mary's response, nothing's impossible with God, and God, I say yes to you. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. There's an impossible situation that you are dealing with right now, and maybe you're online and and you're sitting there on your couch, or maybe you're in bed all warm and cozy, but there is an impossible situation in your life right now, and you'd say, God, I am calling out this impossible situation, and I am speaking to that impossible situation and speaking the words of Gabriel that says, with God, nothing is impossible. If you've got an impossible situation, can you just lift your hand really quickly? Whatever that is, thank you. Thank you to recognize that God is with you in this impossible situation. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of hands up. Right, so you are not alone. That, I mean, that gives me great joy to know that every one of these are opportunities for God, right, to turn the impossible into something possible. All right, you can put your hands down. The second area is that of saying yes. Where is it that you need to say yes to God? That yes to God might be that first step in choosing him. That yes to God might be forgiveness uh, of yourself or habitual sin and saying, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. That yes might be to the call of God on your life that you've run away from for 20 years of your life. (laughs) That yes might be one more chance for God to work in your marriage. That yes might be something, whatever that yes is. Where do you need to say yes to God? If that's you and you say, Pastor, I need to say yes to God in a particular circumstance in my life. If that's you, they might be in line with the impossible situation as well. But you say, yes, I need to respond to God and be open just like Mary, just like Elizabeth and say yes to what God has for my life. If that's you, can you raise your hand really quickly? A situation you know you've said no for a long time and you're ready to say yes. Thank you. Father, you see every one of these hands that have been raised. 
God, many have said that there's an impossible situation that they are facing. But God, we are believing right now that the words of Gabriel that echoed or that, that were given to Mary, that God, uh, they, they resound to us today that with God, nothing is impossible. And God, whether it's a healing that we need today, God, it is not impossible with you. Whether, God, it's a, a healing that needs to take place in a marriage, God, Lord, nothing is impossible with you. A child that is far away from you that we prayed for years or decades for, God, it is not impossible for you to bring them back. And God, for those who need to say yes and have raised their hands, Lord, I am so grateful. Because, God, this is a moment for you to birth something new inside of every one of those yeses. That, God, this, uh, that these yeses, Lord, are just uh, really, God, these are pregnant moments for you, God, to work powerfully, oh God, and to bring to fruition some dreams that have long laid dormant. God, to bring to fruition some, some new ideas, God, and to bring to fruition in marriages, Lord, that are going to be grounded upon you and upon your word, that uh, families will be drawn together because of yeses that are said today. And, God, we rejoice in that fact. So, Lord, we stand as your people. God, we are incomplete in ourselves, but Jesus, you make us whole. And, Lord, that's why we say yes to you. And thank you, God, that you are going to make the impossible possible in our lives. Father, I pray your blessing upon your people. That, God, our response to this message, Lord, is not just in this moment, but, God, when we walk out of these doors... We recognize, God, that the pressure of the culture around us and the, the world around us is going to ask that same question. Really, is God with you? Really, is God actually at work in this world? And Lord, we'll be able to say, God, with our heads held high and the confidence of the Spirit of God, that yes, God is up to doing impossible things in the world around us. And we stand at the foot of the cross, realizing, Lord, that you have called us and you have made us one with you. Lord, we love you. We praise you this day. I pray your blessing upon your people. Lord, make your face shine upon them. And Lord, help us to walk with the abundance of the Spirit of God. Help us to keep in step with you. And Lord, help us to recognize that we represent you to this world around us. And so God, do the impossible things through us. And Lord, help us today say yes to you yes to you. And God, that yes uh, would be throughout this entire week. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And God, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Don't forget next week, continuation of our series, God With Us.